Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this very brief, but hopefully uh, mildly interesting Wednesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. As I told you on yesterday's show and on Mondays, today is my colonoscopy. So, I recorded this podcast a little bit in advance, uh, knowing that it was going to be a shorter one, knowing that it was going to be largely to keep the Iron Man streak alive, but also uh, so that I don't fall farther behind the amazing writers over at Sports Ethos who continue to break down the teams across the NBA. And uh, there was a brief stretch there where I was five teams behind, and I didn't like that. That was uh, That's like almost two weeks. Almost two weeks there ahead of me. But we're not going to let that happen, are we? The great Keith Cork, our content director, newly minted content director here at Sports Ethos, wrote up a delightful piece on the Chicago Bulls. That is who we will be talking about today here on Fantasy NBA Today. The Bulls. It was a weird season for Chicago once again. We kind of, uh, well, I faded them. I don't say, I don't say we. I got to start saying I. I faded the Bulls in their uh, season win total number. It just felt like last year was a situation where everything went perfectly for Chicago. They were uh, pretty darn healthy for the most part last year. They kind of caught teams by surprise last year. There was just a lot of stuff that, on their way to a better season overall, I didn't think was repeatable. Now, to that end, they still stayed relatively healthy this season. Nikola Vucevic played in all 82 games. DeMar DeRozan, 74. Zach Levine, 77. The Stars were there. And it didn't matter. Because they still just weren't very good. I did think Patrick Beverly brought a certain emotional bump to the Bulls down the stretch. If you want to say that that pushed them into the 10 seed or something like that. But whatever. Like Pacers were ultimately going to kind of pull the plug. Wizards ended up pulling the plug. There wasn't a whole lot of competition for that last play-in spot. They did almost sneak their way through. Won the first play-in game and then lost to a team that now looks like they're well, I don't know. Did that game end already on Tuesday night? The Heat, a team that might be in the NBA Finals right now, depending on how the ball game goes here in a matter of moments. Sorry, guys. Had to give away the I recorded this early part again. I told you guys that was happening. But what do they do? You know, from a fantasy standpoint, everything was fine. Vooch was number 26. DeMar was number 27. Zach Levine was number 47. Their stars were excellent. Everybody else was pretty much dog do because there just wasn't anything left. Levine, 18 shots. DeMar, just under 18 shots. Vooch, 14. Those guys also combined to take about 15 free throws per ball game, give or take. That way, they did everything. They were the top three scorers on the team. They were the top three assist getters on the team although uh Vooch at 3.2 yes you know they had a couple guys that were pretty close behind him 
They were not the top three rebounders on the team, but Vooch certainly was number one. Number two was Andre Drummond, who came off the bench and or averaged six and a half in 13 minutes per ball game. But, believe it or not, behind Drummond, they were DeMar and Zach Levine, numbers three and four on the team in rebounding. So this literally was the definition of a three-horse team. They had three guys, and nobody else got to do a thing. What I don't know, and what we can't know for a little bit yet, is what's next? Will Lonzo Ball ever play again? He was the big reason why the Bulls faded this year, because you knew health was going to get this team somehow. I thought it might be like everybody misses a few more games. Instead, it was just like, oh, this one guy's just not going to get to play at all. Well, Lonzo still has 20 mil. Oh, Tim, this coming season. He's on the books. DeRozan is about 29 mil. He's on the books. Zach Levine has his extension rolling for half a decade. He gets 40. But Vooch is a free agent. So what do the Bulls do here? They still have a ton of money committed to their main guys. Lonzo, DeMar, Zach Levine. It's not like they can go into a rebuild here. I guess they could try to trade DeMar, but you know what? What? how far is that going to get them? They still have a pretty reasonable bill with Caruso making 9 mil and Patrick Williams making 10 mil. There isn't a whole lot behind those guys. Almost everybody else on the roster is coming off the books this year. I think a couple of dudes have like $3 million player options. Who knows if they'll exercise those. Drummond, Derek Jones Jr., whatever. Those guys are basically inconsequential here. Although maybe Drummond isn't if Vooch doesn't come back. I would assume the Bulls will try to re-sign Vooch. But then even beyond that, how does this team get out of the, what I call Portlanditis for all those years, where a team is just so hamstrung by their contracts and so smacked in the face by an, a capped upside, not monetary capped, like just what's the best that this team can do when they're all good to go is be pretty good. When Lonzo's out there, they're pretty good. But are they a championship level team? I don't think so. I don't even know what the hell their identity is. So from a fantasy standpoint, and something that you looked at with Portland for year after year after year was at some point, guys are just going to get tired of doing the same old thing. Especially if Lonzo's not back. If he's not back and it's like, oh, let's run this same roster out that won 40 games this year. Now, what, if, what kind of a daily effort... Do you think you're going to get from Vooch and DeMar and Levine? I've got to think that at some point those guys, they probably do already, see the writing on the wall and are like, okay, well, do is this something that can go forward? We saw at the trade deadline that the Bulls were like, you know what, we don't have a whole lot to lose by just letting this thing roll out, so let's just see what happens. Uh, they probably could have gotten something for Vooch at the deadline, I would think. He's a pretty skilled big man. Would have been tougher to trade any of their other bigger names. And then the younger guys, I don't think that they particularly wanted to move on this thing. So that explains a bit on how they kind of ended up just letting it ride to some degree. But at what point do they say this just isn't going to work? In my mind, and you guys can disagree with me on this because it's just an opinion. In my mind, this all comes down to whether or not they think they get anything out of Lonzo this coming year. Because if they do, and they can convince the players on the team that they will get something out of Lonzo, 
then maybe at least they can tell the team, look, you've got something good going on. Let's see what happens here. But if Lon if we get closer to training camp, and it's like Alonzo's not close. We have no idea if he's going to play at any point this season. Those other players are going to be like, yeah, nah. I don't think I'm going to break myself to go try to get from the 10 seed to the 7. They ain't getting out of the play-in with that roster. They'd have had to get to 45. Well, I guess the Nets won't be as good next year. So maybe I guess there's one. There's like one spot up for grabs out of the play-in. But what are the Heat next year? Do the Heat, do they have a hangover? Do they play better? Do the Pacers get better? Do the Raptors get better? Do the Hawks get better? I don't know, man. So, all that to say, I have no idea what the Bulls are going to do this offseason. There has been uh, complicated. <laughs> Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Could Patrick Williams take a jump? I don't know. They don't have all that many draft picks that they can move either. So, yeah. As far as fantasy goes, all of that kind of weaves into one main idea, at least for me. And that main idea is, I don't know that you can trust these guys the same way we have the last couple of seasons. Unless, and I, I again, we got to wait a while to find out what the Lonzo deal is. And it was just surgery after surgery after surgery. I would assume he's not ready to start the season. But I could be surprised. So any, anything can happen over the next half year, basically. I'm going to assume Lonzo's not ready to go. So then these guys come out and, yeah, they probably got something in the tank at the beginning of the season. But if stuff starts to go sour and there's no sign of Lonzo you might finally see the Bulls begin to pull the plug. Levine's making too much money. They'll retool around him. They'll try to move DeMar. If Vooch is back, might be on a one-year, two-year deal. Maybe he goes elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe we do get someone else dropping into the center spot. I don't think it's Andre Drummond, but who knows. Levine, generally a tiny bit overdrafted because he scores. Luckily, he tends to inch his way towards his ADP because he's a decent percentages guy. But also, I don't think people fully realize why Zach Levine is ranked at a decent mark, and it is the percentages, because he doesn't get many steals or blocks, doesn't board all that much, doesn't pass a ton. 
It's mostly points on good percentages. Like his positives, if you're grading him against the fantasy curve, are points, threes, assists, barely, free throw percent, and then he's like right around league average in field goal and steals. Pretty good field goal, by the way, for someone that I would classify as a shooting guard. DeMar might get a tiny bit underdrafted. He does score, but for some reason people really, because he doesn't hit threes, I guess, he tends to go a little lower than expected. Also, he's older. He doesn't jump that high anymore. DeMar's probably going to be fine. He'll be an okay value. Vooch has been one of the easiest, you know, <laughs> there is there is no good metaphor for Vooch. He's a, he's a free square. There's your bingo metaphor. Vooch has been a free square for God knows how long now, and there's kind of no reason for him not to be unless his situation changes so dramatically that we have to kind of reassess things. But Vooch's field goal percent was back up this year. He didn't take quite as many threes. Steals and blocks were a little bit lower, but who cares? Those tend to bounce around a tiny bit, and they may come back up next time around. He just did everything relatively well. He was super healthy. I'd love to put him on a new team, let him be super healthy on a team where maybe he feels even a bit more inspired. But also, he's going to get a new contract, so that's also a problem as well. My thing is here with Chicago is if you put all these guys back together and say, hey, run it back, you team that wasn't very good, at some point, the grind becomes too weighty. It's just too much, too heavy. I was always so impressed with Dame. I know we're not talking about the Blazers right now, but I was always so impressed with Damian Lillard and how he took those are we really doing this again, Blazers teams, and just willed them to some lower seed in the Western Conference playoffs? Every year it felt like the year where Dane was going to be like, I cannot, I cannot drag this bunch of overpaid, underskilled small forwards through another 82-game slog. And then he just kept doing it. And kept doing it over and over again. And every year I was like, uh, I'm a little afraid of Dame this year. And every year he was like, nah, Dan, it's good. And then all of a sudden, you know, finally he ran out of gas. Because it happens. But Dame is one of the best leaders in the NBA. Hands down. Like That dude has more willpower. That was crazy how many awful teams he just kept convincing himself he could carry into the playoffs. And then almost through a few rounds of playoffs also. That man was a one-man gang. I don't know that there's anybody on this Chicago team that has that kind of willpower. I would think DeMar would be the closest, but again, like he's getting a little long in the tooth. At some point, these guys are going to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do this. So be a little bit careful next year. Certainly on the head-to-head side where the, the weird days off matter more with Roto like I think Vooch proved he can be super durable he's not gonna play in 82 games again next season but he is always criminally underdrafted DeMar is typically a little bit underdrafted so there's um there's a little safety net with those guys where even if they're not as reliable next year it doesn't matter as much what I mean by that is they beat their ADPs by so damn much this year that even if they have a small step back, whether it's in games played or just generalized effort, 
they still could beat it. Because Vooch was drafted, what, like around 30 this year, and his totals rank was 5. DeMar was drafted in that same range. His totals rank was 16. Levine was drafted in the, I think it was in the 30s as well. Um, he also beat his because he played in 77 ball games, but not by quite as much. So he's the one that I'd be a little bit more cautious about. And if anybody's like, Patrick Williams, number 84 by totals, I can be like, yes, but he was number 133 on a per-game basis. He was very much a compiler that doesn't really serve a ton of purpose night-to-night in typical 12-teamers. That said, if he takes a little tiny step forward, that would be huge. He's the kind of guy that could push up towards that top 100 because he has the potential to be a 1-1-1 guy. He just needs to be willing to take 10 shots instead of 8. Play him 31 minutes a game instead of 28. That's it. That's how close he is. Caruso, probably never going to get over that hump. He's also a guy who misses games all the time. Steals specialist. Patrick Beverly, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he'll be back. He is from the area, I believe, right? Isn't he a Chicagoan? Um, not, not a path that I'm rolling down as a full season guy. The only dude on the Bulls I would look at, let's say they do bring Vooch back. The only guy I would look at outside of the main three is, you know, last-round flyer on Patrick Williams and hope he does takes that, that step forward. But I don't know that I believe it's about to happen while these three guys are just chewing up everything. We saw last year when one of the main stars was out, it was often actually Caruso who ended up doing a little bit more. Or Kobe White sometimes. That's a finicky bunch out there. I am extremely curious what they do this offseason because... Everything is screaming, blow it up. But also, blowing it up right now might be kind of hard. Because Lonzo's contract is a huge albatross if he's not playing. DeMar is tradable. But if you trade DeMar, you get some assets back. You're still stuck with Lonzo's big contract and Levine's sign until the end of time. Then you're really telegraphing your move. You're not bringing Vooch back at that point. What are you even doing? You're just sort of, like, kind of bad? Eh. Tough spot. Tough spot, indeed. All right, short one today. As promised, we got through the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I caught up a little bit on Sports Ethos before they've dropped their next one. I think I'm only three, maybe four behind now? Hooray. Uh, again, wish me luck, everybody. Iron Man Street continues. Hopefully tomorrow everything will be a little bit back to normal. Um... And, you know, I don't know who won the ballgame on Tuesday night, but uh, congrats to either of those two delightful Eastern Conference teams. I'm Dan Baspris, a very sad, tired, and cranky Dan Baspris, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday, which for you should be tomorrow. See how, uh, how very clever I am? Okay, toodaloo for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.